Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast that spends time that it could be doing something else, watching and talking about Monk. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by my good friend, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Uh, I'm surviving out here. The air is horrible. Mm-hmm. Southern California, all of California is on fire. It's mm-hmm. pandemonium. Yes. Uh, you know, best wishes with everyone affected by these fires. Uh, and yeah, man, you see, you see some of these like shots of the air quality in San Francisco and I hate to say it, but since I've been so into Monk, I ha- can't help but think, what would Adrian Monk do with this? You know what I mean? I don't know oh about you. Oh my God. That, no, that's very true. I didn't even think about that. He must be freaking out. Yeah. Cause like, I, I mean, I don't know how bad things are in LA, but I know that San Francisco is terrible and <laughs> you gotta be yeah. thinking that Monk would be uh, losing his, uh, his, his damn mind. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about a hypothetical Monk episode that would take place called Mr. Monk and the Wildfire. Um, we're here to talk about Mr. Monk and the Captain's Wife. Now, as evidenced by the way that you said, let's get Monkey at the end of last week's episode, you for some reason were thinking that this was about a pirate captain, and I want you to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess... I'm kidding, you don't well, need okay. to talk about that. <laughs> no, I'm of... T- I'm of like, I, that makes sense, but also, um, they definitely missed a really good opportunity for like a really funny episode name. That is true. Uh, you know what I'm thinking, yeah. right? But no, actually, don't. Okay. Well, what do you think? What do you think? I actually don't know. I would have been Mr. Monk and the Barefoot Sniper. Oh, that's not bad, the Barefoot Sniper. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say it's it's the captain's wife because you know we got a return of a uh, of Karen Stahlmeyer, um, played by the Lake late Glenn he- uh, Headley. Um, and uh, what did you think about this episode? Um, there's some parts that I didn't like, but overall, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it kind of laid, a, it wasn't like as goofy. It mm-hmm. was like pretty, yeah. like kind of a serious episode, um, mm-hmm. which I leaned towards. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I liked it as well. I think it, there are definitely are parts I like less than others, but I think when it's strong, it's really strong, particularly because I think as we've discussed before, the, um, episodes that are heavy on the... Uh, Stoudemire monk relationship are tend to be ones we like a lot, um, and this one is really about that a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, we start off with uh, Stoudemire helping uh, Karen pack their the van with some equipment, um, and uh, you know, and they're arguing about this, that, the other. Because uh, as you remember, what is Karen's occupation? She's a documentary film person documentary filmmaker yes um and you know he's like lifting up a box and he's like i mean a, a suitcase he's like what is this and it's like that's my lighting equipment it's like how much was that and then well i wouldn't need any if uh we got a digital camera so so you know that this yeah. is a fight um as we discussed in mr monk the very very old man it's really not clear why these two are together <laughs> right yeah there's a lot of like friction as usual um yeah, so I, I, I don't know what their day-to-day life is, but hopefully mm-hmm. after this episode, it changed yet again. Yeah. Yeah, you, you gotta hope. Um, and, yeah, so she wants a digital camera. It's important for later. Obviously, he's gonna get her one. I mean, that's a, you know, uh, a pretty big tell. But it, it's, yeah. it, it's good stuff. Um, and so yeah. she's... And also, a big thing is... Not a big thing, but she's insisting that Stoudemire, when she's away, go to the farmer's market. Um... Which is not an important detail, but it is a detail that they mentioned a couple times, so... 
Yeah, I'm like farmers markets are like cool or whatever, and there's certainly no shortage of them here in LA. But uh, I'm kind of out on them, man. Like especially like it's just overdone. Just have like one or two in like a city, like and let everyone go crazy. Rent out a whole space. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion on farmers markets. I'm not. I don't frequent them because like, you know, this is you know I'm lazy and it's just like why would I go? Because there's going to be places that are grocery – there's going to be things that are groceries that I can't get at a farmer's market. But everything that's at a farmer's market, I get at the grocery store. <laughs> and I know it's not going to be as fresh. I know it's not going to be as good, yada, yada, yada. But Yeah, no, actually – okay. I Let me walk that back. Sure. Uh, I don't want to like uh, – Besmirch farmer's sh- markets? Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of people depend on them like, economically and whatever. Yeah. But I just – the whole culture around it kind of like, you know, bothers me. Yeah, I think that in L.A. it's definitely very different than other places. Um, yeah, True. But anyway, we, she's driving along. She's using some old school uh, Bluetooth technology, um, yep. which I like. Like a in lot. the first episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and she and then we see someone uh, loading up a sniper, and that's never good. Nothing good ever happens when you see a close-up <laughs> shot of someone loading up a sniper. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was getting heavy. Um, what's it called? Uh, Jack Reacher vibes. Mm, yes. Uh, I I reference that movie a lot for. I mean, Jack Reacher's like, it, it's it's not a bad movie. Um, I haven't seen the second one because I heard the second one's really bad. Um, if you've seen the second one and you like it, let me know. But um, I mean, I'm a big I'm a big Macquarie head, so I got it. You had to check out uh, Jack Reacher. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, but th- it's f- ironic that I saw the first Jack Reacher. I didn't see the second one. You could almost say that I never go back. You know, um, the subtitle uh. for the second one, guys. Uh, so, this sniper, is the sniper trying to shoot Karen? No, he's not. He's, uh, he's actually aiming for, uh, this, I guess a man in a tow truck Mm -hmm. that is, yeah, he's towing a truck up a a hill. And of course, again, same locations. It's, uh, it's like the same place where, uh, the, the, what's it called was, uh, the booth where that guy got dragged to death. Mm -hmm. Dodger Stadium adjacent. Mm Mm-hmm. This 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 episode's heavy LA like it's so obvious like yeah. I don't yeah I mean to be frank I growing up I didn't know what LA or San Francisco looked like that much so you know I it, it, I think that there's definitely uh, there's sometimes where it's where like I think that a lot of the residential parts in this don't look very much like San Francisco but to be frank I think that most people aren't thinking about it that much so it really doesn't matter that much it, it's it's not as bad as yeah. like. Or in some movies where it's supposed to be New York, but they're shooting in Montreal and you see, like, French in the background. That might be my least favorite thing that you see a lot. Um, like, for, or yeah. for example, I really get angry about the fact that uh, in John Wick Chapter 2, they interchangeably use, like, parts that are part of the path, which is, like, the train between New York and New Jersey. And they, like, intercut parts from there and the New York subway. But also, if you've never been to New York, you would fucking notice. So, like, you know. Yeah. So... Uh, this tow truck driver gets shot, and wouldn't you know it, uh, he, like, goes on a spin, and that causes Karen to hit the car that's being towed, uh, head-on, and she obviously, as you can tell by the fact that this is the cold open, she's hurt very bad. We go to, uh, theme song. Yep. Now, I have a question. Did you think that she died when you saw this? No, 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 absolutely not. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, no. Yeah, that, that, def- that's not this. That's not this show. No, it's not this show. No, no, no. Um, and then we 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 then cut to you know the the one of the silly moments of the episode. Monk in his trash, you know, he's he's got his <laughs> yeah. check on it. Yeah, 
Um, and somebody comes rolling up. Oh, it's our old friend Leland Stahlmeier. And I love that he's like so excited when he screams out, "Happy Garbage Day!" Mm-hmm. Like I was wondering, like what his angle was here, because I'm just like, wait, is he like coming to ask Monk to work on the case? Or no, he's he, just like... he's you know he's just he's out and about. He's going to the farmers market. Yeah, and he's also dropping by Monk to finally pay the man. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. So he pays him, and then he, uh, you know, Monk says that the garbage people are late. And Stalmer's like, no, they're not. And you learn that Monk is wearing a watch that is off because Trudy gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is the common theme with Monk that the only uh, the only time he ever actually um, uses something that doesn't work or, like, is out of order is because uh, Trudy did it. The same thing with the table. Right. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's a nice touch. And, I, I mean, we all know that this is going to carry on as long mm-hmm. as this show goes on. So, Correct. you know, it's nice. Nice little touchstone every mm-hmm. once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then the garbage guy show I, You know, up. okay, oh, and sorry. also, go, and go, also go. sorry. No sorry, worries. yeah, I also, I also really liked how in the last episode, the table's still crooked. So these mm-hmm. people pay attention to their details. Uh-huh. So, yeah, shout to the set decorator and the script supervisor, who I would believe would be in charge of that. If you uh, work on a television show and you do either of those roles and you are not in charge of what I just described, please write into the show and let us know. Um, I had to get it in early so I wouldn't have to throw it in later. Uh, Thank you. So the garbage guys roll up and there's a problem immediately. Yeah, um, it's not it's not Monk's garbage man because mm-hmm. obviously he has a personal connection with every single public employee or any employee, I guess, surrounding his life. So I mean, I, it's kind of a nice thing. Yeah, I mean, if you had as many things as him, I think you probably would also uh, have yeah. that many. <laughs> like you kind of have yeah. to. Um, yeah. And, and so I think kind of surprisingly, I would I would think that Monk's like thing about the garbage would be more than just he needs it to be picked up in a specific order mm-hmm. you, you would think he might because that's actually pretty in terms of monk like quirks that's pretty low intent like that's actually not that hard to do you know what i mean it's not really that inconveniencing yeah yeah it's not but it's clear that there's like some sort of like the guy i guess his name was Tully. Mm-hmm. um yes he, i want to get like, to this yeah yeah he clearly like lies to monk by telling telling him that he like delivers his trash to like a special called like, sector section. nine sector nine yeah and, uh yeah so monk and his trash are basically like uh an old dog and a farm upstairs i mean upstairs upstate um great yep. stuff uh yeah <laughs> um so yeah they uh they you know the, the garbage guys also monk throws out a bag of water they don't explain why i just like that detail um yeah, that's true. They didn't explain why. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, Stalmar's laughing at this, and he's having a jolly old time. And then Lieutenant Randall Disher comes up, and he's got some bad news to deliver. And, uh, you know, Stalmar's still like, come on, Randall, just out with it. And all he says is, it's Karen. And then, I mean, cut to the hospital. And, uh, you know, Stalmar, he's... he's I, to no one's surprise, he's not taking this well. Yeah, you know, um, and yeah, it's it's a pretty rough episode for him because uh, mm-hmm. you know he's he's not necessarily the most level-headed person. No, and we'll, we'll get um, to it. We'll, 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 there's some stuff we need to discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you got to feel for the guy in that moment. You oh know? yeah. Like as much as like he argues and you know bitches about his wife, like 
he does care for her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, yeah, he definitely is. Um, I think that uh, uh, we'll get to it more specifically, but I think that all of the things Stamar does in this episode are completely understandable. I think it's just, it underscores why if you're a police officer, you shouldn't have any involvement in a case that involves wife. <laughs> like, he's acting rational for a guy whose wife was almost, is almost dead, but <laughs> he probably shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. Yeah, that's very true. I, you're great point. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Why was he on the case? Well, he wasn't supposed to be, remember? Like, because we'll talk about it, but Randy was not supposed to give him any information. He wasn't supposed to be on the case. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, Cap's talking to the doctor, um, who's, you know, informing him about how, like, she's in a coma, but her vitals are good. Um, uh, you know, right. as does love vitals, by the way. Uh, her vitals are good. I think, what is that? Like, I think it's like blood pressure, uh, urine output, I think, uh, heart rate. I don't know. If you guys know, okay. Any doctors, double dip. If any doctors are out there, or, or nurses, I assume, would know too, what are all the vitals? Because, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember one of those, like, wired videos where they have, like, that doctor talk about TV and movie doctors, and I don't remember what she says vitals are, and I don't feel like watching it again. So, um, anyway, right in. But, yep. you get to just, she's probably going to be okay, right? Like, I, I think, and obviously you know that because it's this show, but um, it definitely is like, right. yeah. It's super right, stressful. But like, but, yeah, but they, I mean, did you, I, I'm sorry, I might have missed sure. it, but did you mention that she was, like, hemorrhaging internally? Right. Yes, she was hemorrhaging. Um, she I mean, made, that would freak yeah. me out. Oh, I mean, yeah, n- not to go into too much detail, but uh, a close family member of mine was once in a situation where he was in a coma for a while, and, uh, like, for, you know, 20 hours, and uh, even though the doctors are like, yeah, he's definitely going to, like, we expect him to make it through, like, you know, there's, I think there's just, um, there's definitely a weird, no matter what the person's going through, even if the person's awake and they're in a worse health situation than if they were in a coma, like, in a medically induced coma just to get better, not being able to speak to them always will make it worse, you know what I mean? Like, even if, like, you're like, no, 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 this is normal, yada, yada, yada. Um, Yep. And so apparently also her surgeons are good people, because Sharona, of course, interned at this hospital, because remember, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget. Yeah, and like she has a connection to basically everyone in the San Francisco metropolitan mm-hmm. area. I mean, the thing is, there are people like that, so I'm not going to necessarily... Like, I assume... Like, you know someone who like knows everyone, right? Like, I feel like that's a thing that, like... I don't know. I Like, one of my good friends from college, Marcus, I feel we would... Um, because uh, NYU is right on Washington Square Park, and I swear to God, when we would walk from one end of the park to the other, we would stop seven times because he would just know someone else, and most of them weren't students. So, like, I'm, I, I feel like there's some people where you're just like, yeah, this guy just knows everyone. You just got to deal with it. Um, it's just yeah, the way it is. <laughs> now, I don't know why Sharona would know everyone, but, like, it, I also think that that's a very common thing among, not to stereotype, but Italian women, I've noticed. That's a very, like, oh, my God, I know his father, you know. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh Anyway, but yeah, my mom also knows everyone, so that's mostly where I'm getting that from. Um, so, uh, Randy comes in with the 411 with the skinny, and uh, he describes what, what, what happened. Uh, you know, we basically know all this information. Um, and then there's a really nice scene where um, Monk and Stabmeyer have a moment together. Um, and I just wrote down the words, I know, as the note, but if you want to expand more into it, because I think it's this is, like, where the episode really lives and dies. 
Uh, man, that's fucking horrible because I literally had just, I feel like this is a recurring thing. I had just gotten some, uh, like Armenian gondola pizza delivered. Wow. Okay. Describe Armenian gondola pizza for me, please. So it's basically, if you just get it like the regular way, it's, uh, it's like a a pizza in the shape of a gondola, but Mm -hmm. there's no like pizza sauce. It's mostly like uh, feta cheese and some other like stronger cheeses. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, along with an egg mm-hmm. and you can get your egg cooked however you want um, and like you can add stuff so I had Canadian bacon on mine uh, it's really good it's really I mean I'm intrigued um, no it's great. I'm glad I'm, I'm that's exciting to hear about I'll see if when I get back up to New York I'll see if there's any places there because I'm a hundred percent sure that there's none where I'm in Florida but anyway um, yeah so Monka so yeah, yeah, Stamire basically like you know Stamire's like I can't lose her you know and he's just like really, and Monk just gives him like a, you know I know, I know, because like Monk yeah knows this is where Monk is, and like you know Monk is like I'll do anything I, you, you need me to, and he's like you know what I needed to do, and um, yeah. yeah yeah not only that but he also says like he he like describes it like in a weird way he says like that's where he lives, mm-hmm. so like this is like his mindset all the yes, time. yes you know, he constantly. exactly that because Stamire's in this place where he feels like he's lost his wife because she's not she, she's not conscious she's you know somewhere else basically and monk is like i this is where i live because she you know trudy never came back from that place um and i think that's really nice and then we cut to the crime scene yeah. uh, i was watching this episode with my dad who immediately paused it um because i don't know about your family but my dad's a big pauser he can't just point out something without being like no stop it um but uh yeah not really uh but that the 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 the, the Van looks like it was like hit from the side, like it was T-boned. When that's absolutely not what happened. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Uh, but they're at the crime scene, and um, you know it looks pretty straightforward in terms of like what like they, they, this sequence of events they get down. Um, and uh, what is um, what was I saying? I just make sure I'm doing this all in the right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and what does Sharona find at this crime scene? Um, that uh, ends up being important for reasons that are kind of coincidental. Oh yeah, so she uh, she comes across a cute little stray or like a cute little dog. Yes, yeah, not stray dog. He's wearing hill. a collar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comes barreling down the hill, mm-hmm. and she just can't. You know, she can't get over it. She likes. I mean, I like dogs. Cute mm-hmm. dog. But of course, monk, don't touch a dog. Uh, and he like considers firing. Yes, yeah, so I'll have to she, let you go. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so, uh, you know, Disher's filling Monk in, and he points out that uh, it was a hunting rifle, not a sniper. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's important. Uh, so you can, you know, the guy's a hunter. He's not a trained sniper. And that he crawled through, like, a fence to get into position, which leads Monk to be like, oh, he lives around here. But then there's obviously the most important detail. Not actually most important detail, but, like, the most intriguing detail of the whole crime scene, which is... Yeah, so apparently the guy, the sniper, or the person, sorry, uh, was barefoot committing this crime. Exactly. So Ina Garten definitely committed the crime. The barefoot contestant herself, no. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I completely lost my train of thought because I made that dumb joke. Oh, and also... Yeah, did you get Yeah, I know. Speaking of dumb things, all-timer Randy bad theory. Do you remember his theory? <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely have that written down. Uh, his theory is that maybe the killer was a Native American. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. He says American Indian, which I cannot believe. Every time I hear that now, it's like, I cannot believe that was a thing we said. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember I had like a textbook that was made in like 2009 in high school that said Amerindians and tried to make that a thing. It's like, why can't you just like call them something that's actually accurate? Uh, why do you have oh, to like, God. it's, it's, it's almost like they like can't fully, um, you know, when someone like makes a mistake, but they can't fully admit they're wrong. So they keep kind of like changing what they said a little bit. It's like, okay, we can't fully admit that Columbus was wrong. So like, let's keep trying to act. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll not, we won't say, um, Indians, but we'll make it anyway. Um, but yeah, he says that he might be a native American who's angry about technology. I think is what it is. Um, yes. That's what he said. Yeah. And then Monk says, I love when Monk is so like, not it is is not the dumb one where he's like that Mandy that doesn't that doesn't make much sense at all <laughs> yeah no i mean i you know i hate to admit it but i did like chuckle at it like oh this, this i mean guy, it's man. definitely funny like i i think that even though it's like i mean really it's is the thing is i think that a lot of people I, I get really frustrated by conversations about jokes aging well or not aging well because i think this joke aged fine because the joke is not that you would actually think that a Native American person would do that. The joke is that Randy's an idiot. So, like, you know. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, I think that there's a huge distinction there. And I don't think that, you know, it is just kind of like Randy, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, it really just, he, I think Randy wants the cases to be much more interesting than they are. He's like, this got to be something crazy going on. Yeah. No, I mean, I, <laughs> you said it. You said it. But then also, so the, the shooter was barefoot. And who else was barefoot? Uh, the what's it called? Uh, the tow truck driver. He was also barefoot. Now I don't really like this detail that much because not that I don't like the detail, but that it's really obvious what happened. Like anyone with a brain would be like, "Oh, so the shooter just took the guy's shoes." But they're they're acting I like guess it's that's not the no no really no, that's not the I think obvious so. Thing. I don't know. Well, they they both happen. I mean, I guess they both might both happen to be barefoot, but like, I don't know. Um. I also feel like you, it was a gra- if it was a gravel road, you probably could tell that the guy was wearing shoes when he. I don't know. It's whatever. Um, but it is. It is well, a f- yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the, okay, it was like concrete that like the guy was barefoot shooting. Like, what was the, what was the whole thing that proved that? That remember he was like he, you. They saw his uh, feet, his foot tracks because remember he was like his, he was shooting against like a mound of sand, so they could see. Right, that. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. True. Anyway. Um. So, you know, uh, Randy goes to meet with Cap at the, uh, with Captain Lila Slawmeyer at the hospital. And, um, this is where, you know, like, we're talking and Slawmeyer's basically trying to get Randy to tell him what's going on. And Randy's like, I can't. I can't. And, like, for obvious, like, once again, like I said, for obvious reasons. Because he should not be involved. Um, but then, uh, um, Disher relents and tells him their theory, which is that. There's a union dispute going on, and the driver of this tow truck, this tow truck was. Yeah, he was a union guy. No, he wasn't a union guy. He was a scab. Okay, I don't know what the hell a scab is. Oh, that's your fault for uh, yeah, scab. What do you think a scab is based on context? Because this now I understand how this might not, this episode probably makes a lot less sense then. I mean, I just figured it was, like, someone that sold out, that crossed the picket line. Yes, or it could be that, or it could be so. It's usually someone who uh, was brought in from the outside, who is not union. Um, like, a th- you know, like, uh, like the replacement referees were technically scabs. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So, yeah, there's, I... so, as you might understand, there's a lot of animosity towards scabs because if they prevent a union, I mean, a strike from being successful. Um 
so yeah. So th- the theory is that he was killed because he was a scab. Um, because these, I guess, like these, uh, the collective bargaining talks are not going that well. Um, right. And so uh, Stottmeyer's about to go down to the Union and bust some heads because, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I was like, okay, wow, it only took us season two, episode 13 to get to a Union episode in a show about cops. That, I mean, that took restraint. Hey, hey, I mean, it's not about the police union. I actually don't even know if we ever get into the police union because, like, I don't know how you could possibly write a story about the police union without them looking bad. Um, like, I don't know how that you would do that. Um, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we cut to the strike. Um, all the all the signs are just say like strike on them and they're all black and white um so definitely not the uh united federal worker like united workers of graphic design striking um and then the union leader could not look more typecast if he tried am i wrong no you're right and uh god i've i've seen this guy before i want to say he was on dexter uh i'll check for you um but if you could you know uh, tell uh, tell the people what's going on uh, in in this scene. Um, go as far as you need to before I find out if this guy's in Dexter. Uh, yeah. So basically, he's just like a union worker, and uh, you know, there's a protest. There's like a there's a strike going on, and well, he's the union he's, head. He's not the there's a uh, difference because like, right, he's, yeah, he obviously's so, not you know doing anything. Well, not, not right. Anything, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's a union head or whatever. Harry Boyles Boyles Bolston Bolston. Yeah, and so he's, like, having a conversation with his, like, number two or, like, some lackey guy or whatever. He's goon. Yeah, his goon. His goon. Yeah. And um, and he's basically, you know, talking about, like, how they're, like, being political about it, like, possibly implying violence going on mm-hmm. or, you know, like, setting up the scene, essentially, for mm-hmm. unrest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I mean, that's the most I got from that. Yep. I missed yep. No, you didn't. And, by the way, he plays the deputy chief in Dexter. So, score one for yes. Andre Barrera. Uh, yes. And so Monk and, and he's an asshole yeah. on that too. I bet he is. Monk and Schoener show up. You find out that Schoener is now calling the dog Adrian because he's always cleaning himself and he's so anxious. Um, sounds good to me. Um, and just to demonstrate how much animosity there is towards the scabs, a scab driver comes driving through and they're throwing right. shit at him and shouting, Scabs, go home. And who joins in shouting? Sharona. Apparently she's a union girl now. Yep, and when, when did she become a union girl? Uh, oh, this is, wait, I'm, what? I'm what? Oh, just right then. No, no, ever since ever since I was working for you. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You need to do that accent, man. I can't. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I can do it necessarily either. But I also don't think like I don't think it would be offensive if you did it. I don't know the rules though. Um, uh, but anyway. Um, also, Andre could be an Italian guy's name. No one needs to know. Andre Barrera, you know, that could be Italian. Um, besides all the times... But, uh, yes. Uh, besides all the times that we reference the fact that you are uh, um, of Mexican and other... Are you other, other Latin American descent, correct? No, no, I know we talk about your Mexican heritage mostly, but anyway. Yeah, Nic- Nicaraguan. Nicaraguan. I knew it was Central America, but I didn't want to say Guatemala and be wrong, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I apologize, because, you, you know, the last thing a Nicaraguan wants to be is uh, confused with a Guatemalan. Um, yep. Uh, so, Cap shows, so yeah. Yeah, Cap shows up. And he's not, uh, you know, he, he, he he's looking to bust some heads, as you might understand. Oh, um, wait, but we also missed that yeah. Sharona named the dog Adrian. No, you, you didn't. <laughs> I said it, and you weren't listening. 
Fuck. Okay. No worries. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, Cap shows up and um, Monk is, you know, because Monk says earlier in the scene that he's there to protect the captain from himself. Good call, yeah. Monk. Um, and, uh, I mean, we knew how that was going to go. Yeah. Uh, and Monk, you know, he's trying to get in the way of him, and he's like, Cap's like, no, 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 I'm just, uh, you know, you know, he's just like, I'm just gonna talk, I'm just gonna talk, which is like, no, and if you don't have to say that, you're not just gonna talk, that's not what anyone, um, does, um, and so, Stahlmeier talks, you know, gets with the union boss and talks about, uh, talks to him, and, uh, you know, and this guy's being smart, me, like, he doesn't, I don't think he really, if I remember correctly, he doesn't know that Karen was hurt, um, and yeah, it's, uh, he, you know, Stumber gets real testy, uh, about the whole thing. Yeah. And like, he doesn't have a lot of facts. So, you know, he's being a bit irrational here. Um, you know, you want to, you, you want to do your homework before you confront the union, any union for mm-hmm. that matter. Exactly. Uh, especially cause apparently this guy's already sued the city like twice in the last year. Um, exactly. So yeah. Anyway, good news. Karen's awake. Um, you know, good to hear. She's alive. Uh, we already knew yep. that. But uh, but then when we get back to the hospital, she apparently is not has not been awake for a while. She's back in the coma. And uh, Stahlmeier's not doing well. He's beaten up on a vending machine. Yep. That he didn't pay him any money for. He's just doing no, it for the hell of it. No, he's doing it he wants to. Um, and then yep. there's another great conversation with him and... Um, with him and Monk, mm-hmm. where um, a really terrible line, and when I say terrible, I mean it's really good, but it's really gutting when uh, you know Starmar's like, "I can't lose her. I don't know what I do if I lose her," and Monk is like, uh, "You're not gonna lose her." And Starmar says, "I remember I said the same thing to you," which yeah, oof. total gut punch, man. Like. He apologized right after, but yeah, man, like, and, and he's is, lucky yeah. Monk didn't take it that that badly. I, and the thing is, I think that the reason why Monk didn't take it that badly is like, for a couple reasons. One, because Monk's Monk, and two, because like that is, even though it's hurtful towards Monk, it is just as gutting to Stamire because Stamire is realizing then that like, oh, the f- saying she's gonna be okay it is meaningless no matter what. Like, it's not like it's 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 not like that doesn't suck for Stamire to realize too. <laughs> like, it's it's good, for, it's bad for everyone all around. Yeah. Stop. What was that sound? I'm not cutting it out because I need to know. Uh, it was Instagram. What? I, I unlocked my phone and Instagram was on. Ah, okay. So it was like Just NBA me, No, No worries. Okay, I was thinking that like you accidentally uh, pressed the soundboard. Anyway, Sharona has got the dog. <laughs> She's bringing it back. She found the guy who it is. And this is just total... Like, you want to talk about having hair from 2004. This dude... Coming out with the all-American rejects look. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, I what came to my head was uh, Jared Padalecki. Jared Padalecki. Not, yeah, I mean, he's one of the few people who still has that hair. Um, yeah. Which, I, I, good for him. Because, you know, most people have given up uh, all of the habits that they had in the early 2000s. And uh, Jared Padalecki is still um, chugging along. But... Well, I never, I never gave up corn. Luckily, you never gave up corn. Uh, do you mean the band or do you mean the uh, food? Uh, the band. 
Yeah, um, we're gonna have to talk about this off mic. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had something in my throat. Um, you sound a bit disturbed. Oh no. Uh, um, yeah. Still something in my throat. Um, the guy's name's Evan Coker, and um, she returns the dog, and sure enough, what does she immediately start doing? She starts flirting with the guy. What does that immediately tell you about that guy? Yeah, I, I it, literally that happened to me. I was like, okay, this guy's a fucking sniper, one hundred percent. And I, I love how she also like literally, she's so on the nose about it, where she's like, I couldn't bring him home because my son would get too attached. You know, he gets lonely because ever since his father left. It's like, what the hell, Sharona? Yeah, like queen of like revealing way too much information right now. I mean, you know, she but, is she. The guy, I mean, the guy's handsome. He, I'm not really gonna blame her that much for this one, but still. no, for sure, for sure, he's a good-looking guy, and like he's not, and he's like he's actually like a nice guy. Like he's not a dick, or like he doesn't seem like a dick. Yeah, obviously we know he is. Yeah, but he doesn't seem that way. Yeah, and as is going on, Monk is next door, fixing a sundial, um, and as any person would who saw a man in their yard fixing their sundial. The neighbor is like, what the hell are you doing? Um, and uh, he's like, it's, I'm fixing it. But of course, the woman says that nothing's wrong with it because who said it? Because uh, her son, the astronomer. Yeah, right? Yeah, yes, the astronomer. He's an astronomer. Um, Which, awesome. I didn't yeah. know that was still a thing. I mean, I guess, you know, there's still some astronomy stuff to do, I guess. Um, I don't know if people are like, st- I mean, yeah, because they're discovering like universes and stuff like that. But I feel like, dis- not universes, like galaxies, but I feel like that's a lot less glamorous than discovering planets. Like, it kind of sucks that there's yeah. nothing that close to discover anymore. Um, yeah. Like, there's no, you know, the thing is, there's no astronomers who are, like, going into, like, the science textbook canon anymore. You know what I mean? You're not going to be, like, Tycho Brahe anymore, um, who I believe is the one who died because he, like, got a, I want to say he, for either from, like, a prostate issue or kidney issue, I think it was a prostate because he was at, like, a fancy dinner, and he was considered impolite to leave to use the restroom, so he had a full bladder for basically 10 hours, and then he died. Um, wow. What I just like to say that just because he's one of the smartest, like, scientists in astronomy ever, but he was still did that, so no one's perfect. Um, <laughs> and there's also a great wow. line in this moment where uh, the neighbor says to Monk, you're demented, and Monk says, that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Monk, I mean, for, bless his heart, he always has, like, a really nice, a really good sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think it's, like, I think it's just that, like, he's, it's, he's accepted it, so he doesn't have to deny it. It's like, I, you know, I, because he's existing in the same set of facts as everyone else, but it's like, I don't see myself as demented, that's a matter of opinion. Yeah. But anyway, Monk and Shrona go to visit Karen, who's now awake, and, uh, who's not awake, at, who, who is not awake in this scene? Yeah, our boy Stud just passed out. You know, he's lucky. Most hospital rooms don't have fucking uh, couches on there. Eh, Yeah, I guess. I I mean, that's so much. Yeah, I would say that that's more of like a one and a half chair, but I understand your point. Um, Yeah, but he's catching some Z's, you know? Yeah, you know. um, He's he's been there all night. Yeah. Doting husband. Yeah. uh, He definitely doesn't seem to be in that comfortable position. I probably would go sideways on that chair, but I'm also... uh, a little shorter than Ted Levine, so um, you know, teach their own. Uh, yep. And as Cap's sleeping, 
I keep calling him Cap because that's why I wrote him in my notes because it's the shortest thing for me to write. Uh, but as Leland Stottlemyre sleeping. And probably because you're like in Marvel. I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but that's probably it too. Um, <laughs> although there's, I can't think of that many similarities between Captain America and Leland Stottlemyre. And I don't mean that as a compliment or an insult to either of them. Um, just very different dudes. Uh, yeah. Um, but Monk, obviously, because Monk's a rational person, he just lets Cap, uh, Cap, he just lets Stottlemyre sleep there in peace, right? <laughs> No, of course not. He starts evening up, evening out his like arm, his arm angles, like because he has like his arms like folded. One arm is like, folded in, chest. and the other one's like out to the side. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he folds them both in. So you know, symmetry, baby. You sleep better that way. Yeah, and I love how uh, Stoudemire wakes up like after like the first time he does it, but Monk keeps adjusting it as if he's still asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not bad. And then, but then the reason this scene's really in here is that, uh, and this is probably the part of the episode I like the least because I didn't just I just find this completely unnecessary. Um, but there's a problem, which is that um, Stalmire promises mother because their kids, uh, Jared and Max, are staying with Stalmire's mother, obviously, um, and promised her that they would take the kids to well, he would take the kids to lunch the next uh, tomorrow. And he can't because he's working the case. Uh, Shrona can't because Benji has a dentist appointment. So who's get left to take them? Our boy Monk. He's got. Uh, I was gonna say he's got a date, but like that'd be horrible. Yeah. The, uh, um, he, yeah. He, he, he's got. Uh, he's, he's gonna do him a solid and take out the kitties. Yeah. Now, see, you said that he, that it would be bad to say he has a date, and then you said take out the kitties, and that's even worse. Um, oh God, that's right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but. There's two notes I have here. One, as I say all the time, does Sharona know Monk? What is yeah. why is Sharona saying it'll be okay? She knows it's not gonna be okay. And also, Monk doesn't drive. How is he getting? Yeah, okay, to that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. They they're just gonna take the. I mean, like no, no shaming people who take no, the bus. No, but they're not gonna all. take the bus. Monk is not gonna take the bus. It's not be. And also, right, exactly. Also, like two kids who have never taken the bus before. Presumably, I wouldn't want them to go in a city bus with Adrian Monk. Um, I mean, crazy shit happens on the bus. I think I talked about it before. The, the bus is a strange place. And there's some strange... Man, I've seen, I'm so glad that I'm moving back into New York and I'm not going to be in Jersey again because, man, it's some shit I saw on New Jersey transit buses. Um, you would take buses in, in Jersey? All, for the, like, the last few months before coronavirus, I took two different buses every day to get to and from work. So... Okay, so like one each way or no, two each way? No, two each way. I, well, for a while, I, not actually, there was like a four-month span where I was taking a bus to the path, got off the path, walked 10 minutes, took another bus, and then walked 10 minutes to work. Um, That's fucking horseshit. Yeah. I usually Ubered back home because it was cheaper uh, to go back home because the direction and also because the bus stop that I got off at was in a bad neighborhood, and uh, it's easy to get off of it in the morning when it's light out, but it's, it wasn't the type of place I wanted to stand on the corner. Um, and, uh, cause it was a bad neighborhood in Newark too, which is like actually bad. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. you know, uh, but anyway, um, so that was fun. So I have a lot of experience on buses. Um, and so do I, yeah, a bus is just, you don't want to be on one. Honestly, that's the beginning and end of it. Like you'll talk about the subway in New York a lot. It's like, no, 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 New Jersey transit. Like, yeah, you'll see more weird stuff on the subway just cause the subway is more densely packed. But, um, man, anyway. Um, <laughs> just having some flashbacks. Uh, so 
they go to this restaurant, and of course it's a 50s themed diner, um, which like, I don't know. Wait, hold on a second. You skipped out on a lot of uh, things. What did right I skip? Oh. oh, oh, wait. Yeah, I did. Sorry, I forgot that it doesn't. <laughs> I was I stopped looking at my notes, and you know what happened? That's what I. Uh, that's what I deserve. Um, yeah, Kroger time. Well, no, we we you okay? You just skipped something that there was a second shooting. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, oh yeah, I didn't even write yeah. that down. And and we were it's revealed that Evan is the killer. That you see him shoot because he shoots another scab, because because Sharona mentions offhandedly that the theory she mentions to him offhandedly that the theory that the cops have is that it's a union thing, and so he's like, oh, well, I'll definitely make them think it's a union thing. Okay, was that what happened, or okay? Because f- how I interpreted it, or maybe I just didn't hear when she said it, but when they first meet. I think he asked first, was, oh, was it union related? Oh, right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah, exactly. So I, right then and there, I was like, okay, this, this, this is, mm-hmm. this ain't it, this ain't it, chief. Mm-hmm. So my, so yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so he's trying to get him off his head, and then it turns out we see, we're in the police station, we see that it's um, the same, we learn it's the same gun, so it's the same guy, and so Stottmeyer's like, this is definitely union related. Understandably, I'm not gonna lie, I think it would be kind of, if two scabs got shot with the same gun. I, don't th- I would forgive you for thinking that it was union-related and not listening to Bunk, who yeah. has no evidence. Right. And now we go to Dr. Kroger. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, talk, talk, to me about, talk to me about this scene a little bit, because uh, there's a bit I like in it a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, so, you don't really get much from the analysis mm-hmm. portion of it. Um, it's all, like, kind of just, like, frivolous conversation. But like, I, I'm assuming you're talking about the white noise machine. I'm actually talking about. I like the joke of where Monk is like talking about. It. He's like fifty percent this centered for. Oh that, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Like part of it, and then like small part of him wanted Stomar to know, like is relieved that Stomar knows he's going through or whatever. And then Scott Crow's like, that doesn't add up to a hundred percent. And then he's uh, Monk's like, I always save. Uh, so I always save a little bit just in case. Which is uh, yeah for emergencies for emergencies exactly. He would be a big fan of the song "Remember the Name" by Fort Minor, which famously does not add up to one thousand. I mean one hundred percent. Not that famously, I didn't fucking know that. Well, I mean, but, okay, think okay, about what it. What the hell? Ten percent luck, twenty percent skill, fifteen percent chronic power of will, five percent pr- pleasure, fifteen percent pain. I mean, that's the, and then one hundred percent reason to remember the name. Even then, it's over a hundred percent no matter what. Anyway, um, sorry. Then the white noise machine thing. Yeah, what the... Okay, what's a white noise machine, real quick? Well, I'm glad you asked. So I uh, used to sleep with one, and now I just use my phone for it. But it's a machine that basically just makes like a... Or something like, like a hum. hum. Usually that, or like a... Suppose, it calms you. Like, I was going to say it's supposed to calm you, but it definitely does. Um, my therapist, uh, when I was seeing her in her office, had one. Um, it's pretty common for a lot of different places. Um... And a lot of people use them for sleeping. Um, yeah, it's just like uh, I don't know why. I think it's just because I think this, at least for me, because I sleep with like an app that does it. And I think for me, at least, it's that like when you have a constant underlying sound, your brain doesn't focus on like little. Like I never like if I if I don't have a white noise machine on, I will like focus on every little like. I hear outside, you know what I mean? But if you have a machine okay. that's like, makes like a steady noise, it calms you down. I don't know. I'm a big fan of white noise machines. If any people, if anyone who manufactures them wants to sponsor this podcast and send me one, please do. Um, big fan of your. But anyway, 
yeah, uh, Dr. Rourke has a new white noise machine. It makes a different sound. Um, you know, Monk wants him to repair it right then and there. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, 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 we're running a little long, which is why I'm breezing through this bit, unless you have more to say. Like, we're not running that no, long. That's but, it. No, that's But it. I don't have that's that it. much to say about this bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So, then, uh, you know, we go back to the police station, and Stoudemire's definitely, he's clearly stressed. Uh, Disher, like, I mean, another cop is like, uh, take this uh, robbery in suburb of San Francisco, I don't remember. Um, and Stoudemire's like, no, I have one case. And so clearly he's, you know, too, he's in too deep, you know. Yeah, it's too close. And, oh, he's too close. And that's, that's one of the best cop show tropes. You're too close! Too close to this yeah, case! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and so basically he's he's overexerting himself and he's kind of like pushing it on Disher and like Disher's taking it for the most part, you know, he's being a good, mm-hmm. a good uh, subordinate, I guess. Mm-hmm. But this is all interrupted when your boy, Harry Bolston, mm-hmm. comes waltzing in. I don't know how he became my boy, but the thing is, I know that we we both use that phrase liberally, and it's a definitely yeah. uh, one of those things where I'm not, I didn't realize it was the thing we were doing, and <laughs> just like well, randomly, it's like, oh man, you know, yeah, you know, your boy your Ted boy, Bundy, your boy, your boy Evan Coker, <laughs> your boy Evan Coker, um, you know, your boy John Wayne Gacy. I don't know why I went serial killers back to back, but that's the, that that's the, yeah. that's I mean that's the logical endpoint of the joke, so I might as well skip there, um, and so. Uh, you know, the union leader comes in. He wants to make a phone call in a private room. Big mistake. Captain comes in. And what's the first thing he does? And this is the last thing you want to see if you're in a police a, a police precinct. Oh, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he goes ahead and he slips off his badge and announces himself as a citizen at this moment in time. Now, if there are any cops in training listening to this, um, one, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm, I would have thought there were several yeah. episodes I would have thought that you would have turned off. Um, but... Uh, just because you take off your badge doesn't mean you're not a cop anymore. <laughs> and right, also, there's such a thing as off-duty cop. Correct. And also, even if you're not a cop, assaulting someone is still against the law. <laughs> Did not know that. But uh, yeah. What do you mean? No, 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 no. So... no what I'm saying is, if you were to assault someone, Andre, I'm fucking, I'm oh, fucking around. Oh, sorry. You're yeah. say, oh, sorry. Your sarcasm voice is not as pronounced as mine is, which is no, uh, it's not. No, but that's that's more on me than anything else because. Uh, I'm re- I, I admittedly, and it's a really big problem for someone who wants to write comedy for a living. Ostensibly, I am incredibly bad at telling when people are joking, and it, uh, you know, has it, it's not gone well for me. Anyway, um, so you know, Cap, the captain is Leland Stalmers, you know, acting tough, and he's like, you know, this is one of your guys. He's confronting uh, Bolston, and uh, then who 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 moseys on in? I don't even know what his name is. Doesn't matter. The goon. Yeah, the goon comes in, asking him like, "Oh, what's going on, boss? Everything all right?" Mm-hmm. And, um, and Stott just flat out decks him. Well, no, I mean the the, the goon like kind of makes a move, and then Stott, you know, grabs him and puts him to the ground, and it's like I didn't see it that way. I mean, no, no, I don't think the goon actually was like I I. I I think it happened fast. And once again, I'm not trying to accuse Stalmeyer. I think that it's I think it's supposed to be ambiguous because I don't think that it's supposed to make you just think that Stalmeyer just randomly grabbed this guy. Um, because uh, you know, even though he's a hero, then you're supposed to root him no matter what. Um any in any event. He grabs this guy and throws him to the ground. Not a great really bad look for Stalmeyer, I think is the is the beginning of the end of it. 
Yeah, it's it's very it's very tough, and you know that made some commotion, and your boy Randy comes marching in, demanding to know what's going on. He's like, well, well no, he for, says. Luckily for Randy, I mean, good for Randy. He says, "What did you do?" Basically, which yeah. is the right tack because generally you, because uh, in real life it probably would be, "What did this asshole do?" Referring to the guy on the ground. Um, That's true. And like, I did also kind of laugh sadly to myself, like that Randy's like worried, like, "Oh my god, that summer is going to face consequences." It's like, oh, imagine that. Um, but yeah, so, you, but of course, the union leader, consummate professional, is like, "No, my friend here, he tripped." Um, because, I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't explain why that makes sense to me that he would do that, but I think it's just like any guy with that haircut and that suit, it's like no one ever gets assaulted, they just trip. Well, it's because he he gives off like a mobster vibe. Mm-hmm. It's not like, that's what it is. And like, yeah. you know, those guys, they're not snitches. Mm-hmm. Like, or well, some of them are obviously, but mm-hmm. like for the most part when they're portrayed like in media, they're not. So yeah. it made sense to me in that, yeah. in that, in that capacity. And also, I think on some level, it's like him signaling to Stonemeyer that he uh, is like I, he I, owes him. Yeah, like yeah, you owe me, and like I'm not involved. Like I'm not gonna, like I'm gonna, I'm going to go out of my way to not be a problem for you because I need you to know that I'm not behind this. Yeah. And now we go to the restaurant, which is a '50s theme restaurant, which you know, Johnny Rockets. Johnny Rockets. That. Yeah, except like definitely more themed than Johnny Rockets. Like Johnny Rockets is not doesn't lay down as thick. I don't feel as this place does. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, I've been to, I don't want to say I could be wrong because I've been to two Johnny Rockets in my life, which I feel like is a large enough sample size to know. Um, I've been to so many. Okay. I kind of low key love Johnny Rockets. I mean, Rockets. Johnny Rockets, I'm a huge fan of the ketchup smiley face. I think it's just, I mean, in terms of. Oh, yeah, yeah. In terms of, uh, yeah. I, no problem with Johnny Rockets here. I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is, you'll have to go very well. You'll have to, there's only a specific, like, two or three chain restaurants that you'll find I have a problem with. Big chain restaurants guy here. Um, uh, so unless Cheesecake Factory? Cheesecake Factory, absolutely. Yeah, the menu's massive. Um, yeah. It's a little, it's like more pricey. I mean, in my opinion, and this is something I have to say, any, anyone who asks, even if no one asks, I'll bring this up in conversation. I think that Outback Steakhouse is the pinnacle of the chain restaurant. I think it's, I think that it's, the reason why, a couple reasons. One, I think that it has just as, just enough of a theme. Like, the theme is not over, too overbearing. It's not like the Rainforest Cafe where things are fucking shaking, right? <laughs> I've never been to a rainforest cafe or an Outback. Oh my god, Outback, dude, we gotta go Outback sometime. Out, big fan of Outback. <laughs> I'm I'm decidedly not down to go to Outback. Outback's great, man. But no, but also think about Outback. Gen- genuinely, is that they're one of like the few chain restaurants that 100 percent of their food is cooked to order. So everything you get is like actually like it like because at, at like Applebee's in my opinion is the worst chain restaurant because everything's just fucking microwaved. Chili's is like pretty good. Some stuff's good, some stuff's not. But Outback, everything you get there is you know you know made to order, and you know got a great atmosphere. Uh, they serve cold drinks and cold chilled mugs, and they give you freaking delicious rye bread with like a great like butter. Uh, you know as much as you want to begin with. I mean, their bathrooms say "blokes and Sheila's" on it. I mean, they, everything you possibly could want. Um, I'll let you have this one. I mean, I'm sorry. I, thing is, this is not even a bit like. Also, you've never been to like, No, I, I believe really, it. That's I can't. the sad part. I mean, I'm not saying that Outback Steakhouse is better than like actual good restaurants. I'm saying that in terms yeah, of chain chains. restaurants, and I'm from Southwest Florida, this is all I had. All right, fine. Anyway, Outback Steakhouse, uh, big fan. Also, Outback Steakhouse, of course, founded in Tampa, Get at Florida. us. Get at Oh, my Get God. Get at us. 
if I've said before, even look, check my Twitter history. I said that after quarantine's over, the first restaurant I'll eat inside at is Outback Steakhouse. I don't know if that's true necessarily, but I did want to eat it. Um, the pride of Tampa, Florida, man. Hey, Outback Steakhouse is from the west coast of Florida, so am I. We gotta stick together. Um, anyway. Okay. So Max Stoudemire's younger son is not coloring in the lines, um, which I can't relate to. What the hell, why, why why even color on the thing that has lines if you're not gonna even try to color in the lines? It's we one thing if he was coloring the thing and like was kind of going outside the lines but he just looks like he's just randomly making marks yeah and but like uh, you know monk asked him like why aren't you doing that and he basically says he doesn't want to so you know what he won't yeah uh i can't relate to that kid definitely he's a kid. definitely i definitely colored the lines all the time as a kid uh both literally and metaphorically oh man um youth okay. was wasted on the jig anyway um yep so uh the waitress comes over um, and, uh, she's named, like, Cindy Lou, which is definitely not a real name. People aren't being named that anymore. Um, and, uh, she, you know, asks for their orders. I believe that both kids get an Astro Burger with a Coke. Am I wrong about that? Astro, that's, that's correct. Yeah. And Monk doesn't want to, he's not hungry, because he ate nine hours ago. <laughs> yep. What's weird is that they all, have, they both have the same haircut, and they kind of dress similarly, like... Come on. Let these kids have an identity. See, I think this haircut, I can't explain, but this dressing similarly, think about where they are. They're at their grandparents' place. Like, I think, I don't know. I It's grandparents. I could see, like, you were this, you were that. But also, I don't know. I'm just projecting. I'm trying to make sense of it. But then, yep. Monk's worst nightmare happens. What breaks out in the restaurant? Oh, God. Like, a, some sort of, like, song and dance routine. With all the employees at uh, Johnny Rockets. It's like a scene yeah. out of Greece or something. It's basically, the way I described it, would describe it for people who have been to a Rainforest Cafe, so not under Rara, is that it's like if the Rainforest Cafe, instead of being a rainforest, was Greece. Um, because with the Rainforest Cafe, every, like, 25 minutes, uh, the lights dim, and all, like, the anim- animatronic animals start to shake, and they all make noises, like there's, like, an uh, earthquake or something like that, and then you're back to normal. Um, I've only been to one, I've only been to one Rainforest Cafe in my life, but I've been there three times, and yes, it is the Rainforest Cafe at Animal Kingdom, which I feel like isn't that bad, because it's probably the best, uh, Rainforest Cafe. Animal Kingdom in Disney World, sorry, I saw your eyes, I forgot that there is no Animal Kingdom in Disneyland. Um. Okay, yeah. But, uh, Animal Kingdom does not have that many great food options, um, in comparison to other parks, and it's a great place to grab lunch, um particularly after you just did the Kali River Rapids and got your shirt soaked so you need to get one from the gift shop. That didn't happen to me, but it did happen to both my parents one time. Uh, anyway. Uh, where am I? God, man, I really got to stop doing tangents. Um, <laughs> so there's actually a bit... I skipped over a line I like a lot where um, Max, the little one, is like, Monk, say something crazy. tells Monk to say something crazy. And Jared, being very emotionally mature, what does he say? Oh, I didn't even catch this. He's not crazy. He's troubled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good guy. He does. Shout out to Jared. Yeah. Uh, he, I believe he makes two more appearances at least. Uh, he, we definitely, I'll say this, we see him as like an adult. So we get, we get to see Jared grow up. Yep. Definitely not okay. played by the oh, same I'm kid. Not, not played by the same guy. I can, unless the guy grew, his hair color changed drastically. Because if I remember correctly, he's like a brunette in the later ones. Anyway. Um, but... When the dance numbers, basically... yeah, go. Yeah, go, 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 no, go, go. What happens? What's what's the aha moment that Monk has during the dance number? 
Oh yeah, so like uh, one of the waitresses like bumped the table and like threw everything like out of whack, you know, mm-hmm. like misaligned whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that got Monk thinking, and obviously we're not gonna get that right just not just yet. Mm-hmm. We we cut to the police station yes. because your boy thought he's he's calling the shots. He's it's not like he's gonna do a raid on the union office, which like in terms of an optic standpoint could could possibly be the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Um. Like, truly a horrible idea. Yeah. No, it was really bad. Um, and, like, you you need all kinds of stuff. Like, you need you need a search warrant, I would imagine. Like, mm. this guy's just playing, like, real fast and loose with the with the law, mm. which, like, come on. That's not of what we want to see Of all the here. things in the world to play fast and loose with, it's one of the worst ones to do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But, just in time, Randy gets the call. And it's Monk. Yep. And he, Randy says... To dish, I mean to yeah, Randy says Disher. Randy says to Stalmeyer, uh, Monk, he solved the case. It's not the union. And Stalmeyer's like, is he sure? And what does Randy say? He says he's it's Monk. Exactly. Right. Well, he says he's Monk. Then yeah. we cut to the impound lot. So so okay. so so real quick, I was halfway stoked to see like a cool action scene raiding mm-hmm. this whole thing, but then when that came in, I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're not gonna see that. Mm-hmm. So that's fine too. While I think it would have been cool to uh, see that, it's already hard enough to defend Stonemeyer's actions in this episode as it is. And if he like was busting down doors of innocent people, it probably would have been great. Um, but anyway, listen, you can't yeah, you can't be half a you can't be half a gangster. Got to go full. Uh, that is true. If you are half or full a gangster, you should probably shouldn't be a police officer. But yeah. anyway, we cut to the impound lot, and uh, Monk, you know, he solved the case, um, and. Well, first he points out a clue, because I'll, I'll give you one clue before we go to the black and white part. That in a car that belongs to uh, Evan Coker, uh, uh, Monk pulls out the driver's manual, and what what, what does he notice? Uh, he notices that it's like, uh, there's like gun oil on the, on the cover of it. Mm-hmm. And then Monk goes into, here's what happened. This one's a little elaborate, a little lot going on, but I, I, I have faith in you, Andre. What happened? Okay, so essentially the reason why Evan Coker killed this tow truck driver and non-union related crime, we, we all know that already, is basically so that he could recover a gun that was in the glove compartment of that car. That was, uh, so that day, that, I guess the morning of the, cr- of the crime, was it the morning or night? It was the morning, morning. It was 6 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it was morning. Um, so that, ha- that day happened to be garbage day. No, it didn't. Wait, what is it? Nope, that has no, okay. nothing to do with it. No, that, that's later. Okay. Um, okay, one second. Hold on. I lost my train of thought. Okay, so he, he was, his car was being impounded. It was being repossessed. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up to the sound of that happening and doesn't have time to react, which like a normal person just grabs his fucking huntsman rifle and doesn't even put his shoes on, leaves the door open, uh, so the dog gets out, mm-hmm. which explains why the dog was at the crime scene also. Mm-hmm. Um, he also bumps the sundial on the way out in his rush. Uh, did, like I said, he didn't have time to take off, take off his shoes. So he goes running, you know, tries to, I guess, mentally map out a place where he can possibly take out this driver. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes across that spot. He goes, sure he goes through a lot of, like, back alleys. Uh, honestly, yeah. re- very reminiscent of the uh, foot chase from Point Break. Continue. Yeah, so yeah, so he does that barefoot. Obviously, he commits the crime. He shoots, you know, the the the, the drive the tow truck driver, and uh, you know he 
he runs up to the car, uh, to the car that got towed, and takes out the gun. Then, since he was barefoot, he wanted to make all the way back. He decided to steal the tr- the tow truck driver's shoes while everybody was paying attention to Karen in the accident, mm-hmm. like in her accident. So he takes back off, gets home, and he's got the gun. And so that's what essentially what he was he was covering up that crime. So once he you know they thought it was like a union thing. That's when he decided he needed to solidify that whole alibi, mm-hmm. and that's why he killed the second guy. Yep, exactly. Um, and so then Shrona comes back to his place, you know, so like, oh, I'm in the neighborhood. He's flirting and she's pretending to flirt. And then the police come, you know, well, she says, I brought some friends and you know, the, you see the police and you see ATF alcohol, tobacco and fire. Yeah. Also there. I mean, cause it's firearm combat. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, but most crimes have firearms, so... Yes, are but I think everyone? it's because it's about, like, uh, the... I think it, it, uh, Recovering? Yeah, I think so. A, a also, I think we discussed it before, no one fucking knows what the ATF does. They don't even know what right. they do. Um, right. ATF, Jesus, man. Um, so, they're, they, they're, they're searching the house, and... Uh, well, actually, first, Stonemaier's like, do you know who I am? And, uh... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he gets up in his face, and... He's, uh, and he's, you know, trying to be threatening, obviously, and, uh, but he ends up backing off, you know, because, uh, they want to do it right, right? Um, yep. And, uh, they're searching and they don't, they can't find anything. And there's a moment yep. I like a lot where, um, Monk says, like, not in his, like, needy Monk voice, but very, like, sincerely, like, do you want the lieutenant to hold your gun for you? Um, and Stalmer's yeah. like, what, you think I'm going to shoot him? And then Monk says two words that really just hit you in the chest, where he says, I would. Oof. I mean, he feels it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm excited for the day, even if I don't know exactly how it happens, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that whole thing gets solved. Uh, yeah, it it's, uh, it's definitely something. Um, but okay. what was I going to say? I know I like it. I, I, I think the ending is actually good. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, also just also proof, like, I think it's, it's a very powerful moment where Monk says that. And it's also another reminder that Stalmer should not be on this case. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's a question of whether or not you're just going to pull out your gun and shoot <laughs> the prime suspect, yeah. you should be on the case. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, but... They basically, they end up hitting a brick wall, and, like, they, they can't find anything. And mm-hmm. then Monk realizes that it's trash day, and this guy just got his trash picked up. Now, my first thing is, when they first got there, the trash hadn't been picked up yet. How did they not search his trash first? Yeah, I get, that's a good point. I, I, I didn't really notice that. Um, yeah, because they were just down the block. They were right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And since he had previously dealt with them, and they kind of saw how much like of a you know special case he is... Um, as soon as they see, because Monk decides to become an action hero and run after the mm-hmm. the garbage. No, but remember you know, he, he has away. he has um, running train. He was a runner. No, 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 for yeah. sure, for sure. Like, and he's a great runner, mm-hmm. but like, I, but to like, oh, he's sure. running to exactly. get into a garbage exactly. truck. Exactly, because you know, because you know what, you know, Monk will do what he needs to do for his friends. Yes. 
So that was impressive, and that was nice to see. But yeah, man, he's a total badass. He runs it down and he catches it, and you know he starts like you know littering the neighborhood with trash as much as he can, mm-hmm. and then it kind of just like cuts off randomly, yeah. and we get to like wait, and then they're looking them. into the bags and they find the two key pieces of evidence: first, the yeah. shoes; second, the gun. And then Stahlmeier almost loses it. He throws yep. him on the hood of the car, but then he's like, "No, he yep. can't. He's not worth it." Um, yeah. And uh, Disher arrests him. Um, and uh, then Stoudemire and Monk have a moment sitting, uh, like, leaning against the car. And uh, Stoudemire has his hands on his knees, kind of. And Monk, off his course, grabs one and adjusts it to the Raven. Uh, nice moment. Yep. And then the uh, ending bit where, wouldn't you know it, uh, Karen's coming home and she's being filmed by her kids with, what is that? A brand new digital camera. Boy, digital cameras used to be massive. Yeah, that was my first thought upon seeing it. I'm like, that looks like just like a regular like analog mm-hmm. camera from back in the day. But yeah, okay. it's funny that we actually we in, yeah at NYU we had uh, I took a class that was mandatory where basically it was like a filmmaking class for the writing students because we had to have like a basic idea of how filmmaking worked, which was a good idea. Um, and we had basically cameras that like that size that were digital cameras. And it's like this is like the most prestigious film university probably one of the more, one of the two or three most in the country, and even they're having these gigantic ones. Like don't get me wrong, like, the quality was better than like the average digital camera, but like not it was probably ten times bigger than like a flip camera, and it was not ten times better quality than a flip camera. Anyway, um, yeah, but so yeah, you know, uh, Stamar is like it's just money. And then they kiss, and it's a nice moment, and then the episode's over. So. Andre Barrera, what would you give Mr. Monk and the captain's wife uh, out of 10? Uh, so, so yeah, I guess for me, I kind of really didn't enjoy just how crazy or, like, you know, unhinged uh, Leland was. Yeah. Uh, like, there was just so many examples of that. And we didn't really mm-hmm. get into it. I mean, we kind of, like, glanced over it. But, so that was annoying. But aside from that, like, I liked everything else, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a 7.5 just because I think that... Uh, like this for the same reason you mentioned that I think that the uh, Stamar stuff, while understandable, like it, it just doesn't. I mean, this is cheating. You know, we say that we're that I'm a triggered snowflake or whatever because of it, but like it just really does not sit well with me when like a cop is coming in with a vendetta. Uh, it just is like a, it just doesn't make me feel good anymore. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like this episode a lot. I think that there are a lot of bits in it that are really good, um, and you know. Uh, I think that it allowed Monk and Stahlmeier to have a lot of good scenes. Um, speaking of people who yep. have had good scenes, you and I, Andre, you know, doing this podcast is great. You can follow the podcast at Strictly Monk, and where can people find you? You can find me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow the show. I'm not to follow the show. You can follow me at the Jake Christie. Um, and please subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening on. If there's a platform you'd like this to be on that we're not on, let me know, and I will work on getting it on there please uh recommend this to your friends uh your family your loved ones which probably includes both those groups and um stay tuned because we have exciting stuff coming up i'm not going to go into any details but andre knows what i'm talking about uh and uh very exciting yeah uh yeah i'll leave it at that but other than just that exciting stuff which is very exciting as i mentioned i don't know if i said that um we'll be back uh on next tuesday to talk about Mr. Monk gets married. Let's get monkey.